We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ready? Down! Put, 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 put! This is the Bear Report Podcast. With Zach Pearson, Zach Pearson, and Aaron Lemming, Aaron Lemming, providing extensive coverage of the Chicago Bears. Go Bears! Presented by Blue Wire Pods. And now, here are your hosts, Zach Pearson and Aaron Lemming. What's up, Bears fans? Welcome to another edition of the Bear Report Podcast. Rookie minicamp is in the books. A two-day session this past weekend as the Bears hit the practice field on Friday and Saturday, giving Matt Eberflus, Ryan Poles, Ian Cunningham, and the rest of the front office and staff their first look at the 10-man rookie class, um, the undrafted free agent class, and a handful of tryout players that were in Lake Forest on the practice fields. We're going to break all of that down, plus give you an update as to what's next for the Bears in the offseason as OTAs um, are approaching here in a couple of weeks. Before we do all that, though, I have to welcome in my co-host, Aaron Lumming. And Aaron, how you doing, man? I'm good, man. It's, uh, you know, definitely getting to that slow part of the offseason where we just kind of have to wait it out until training camp. But at least we got some stuff coming up and you were at mini camp. So it'll be uh, interesting to see what you took away from that, if anything, and kind of moving on, you know? Yeah, you know, the draft provides you some uh, talking points for a couple of weeks in April. And then you get the rookie mini camp and then you get like a kind of two-week uh, or two weeks of really nothing and then OTAs and then a couple weeks of nothing before our training camp. So yeah, you're, I mean, you're right. We're kind of in a, um, a little bit of a dead period where, um, you know, you see a lot of, uh, a lot of things, you know, like we saw today where, you know, um, NFL teams don't trust Justin Fields as a pocket passer. Um, you know, there's the stats, Justin Fields or the bears haven't had a 4,000 yard passer. all just that kind of stuff goes and Twitter gets, you know, gets pretty wild as fan bases are arguing back and forth so and it honestly doesn't really get much better when training camp comes around the regular season that, that stuff's always going to be there but um yeah no let, let's just kind of dive right into it because obviously the biggest thing that's happened to the bears here the past couple of days has been rookie minicamp and you know as i mentioned um two-day event uh it's, it's usually three days that we've seen in the past but the bears decided to cut it short they had um a ton of players out there the 10-man rookie class a bunch of uh, tryouts, um, un- undrafted free agent class, some veterans out there. Um, you know, Chase Allen was out there. Um, Doug Kramer was supposed to be out there, but you know, at the last minute decided not to to be out there. He's still on the roster. 
so yeah, it was just pretty much two days of getting the team back on the football field. And, you know, it, it's, it's hard to take a lot of things or anything, you know, se- not serious, but it's just hard to take things away from these. Um, you know, there are, there are things you can take away, uh, especially with the rookie class, but we have to first keep in mind, like, this is a rookie mini camp that has a, a lot more tryout players, a lot more undrafted free agents than it does actual, you know, um, rookies that were drafted. So that's number one. And we kind of have to be careful, um, you know, looking at it because, you know, the quarterbacks that were out there, Tyson Bagnett and, and the Corsi Perry, nothing against them, but, you know, they're not Justin Fields. They're not, you know, starting quarterbacks in the NFL. So it's kind of hard to judge on a lot of things. Um, you know, I will say this. I I was impressed with um, the Bears' two defensive backs they took in the draft um, in uh, Tyreek Stevenson and Terrell Smith. Um, Smith had an interception. Stevenson had a couple of good plays, batting the ball down. Um, those were kind of my two winners from the defense and the secondary. And then I also kind of like what Zach Pickens did. But overall, man, like I said, it, it's just it's one of those things where it just gets fans excited because it's content, but it's hard. It's really hard to kind of judge and 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 break down these things out there at rookie minicamp. Well, and it, it becomes increasingly tougher too with how locked down everything is with the new CBA. It's obviously all for safety, but I mean it's it's kind of the same thing at the beginning of training camp. Those first few days, it's like there's no pads. And I guess it's, I mean, technically it's longer now. I mean, it used to be what the first like three or two or three days. And now I want to say, isn't it like in there, the ramp up period last, isn't it like a week and a half or two weeks now? Something yeah. For crazy. training camp. I think yeah. it's, I think it's five or six practices, but it lasts longer because they have like a day or two off. They have to have in between yeah. those practices. So that's the thing, man, is like it. It, it it becomes increasingly harder to evaluate because like you said, I mean, you can look at the receivers, you can look at, I guess, the quarterbacks in this situation doesn't really much matter for the Bears. You can look at defensive backs and maybe, you know, the range of linebackers, but it's like you're talking defensive line and offensive line. I mean, they're out there in shells with the, the padded helmets on and there's not going to be a lot that you can really take away from that outside of maybe seeing how the guys move and everything else. So it, it definitely makes it tough. Cause I can remember even like, you know, six, seven years ago talking to John Moon Mullen, you know, when he was there and, you know, talking about different, you know, different guys and how they look and all that stuff. And there's just not a whole lot of that right now because of, you know, where they're at in the, in the, you know, in the program. And like you pointed out too, I mean, you look at that roster, there were 60, it started off with 63. It ended up being 62 because uh, Doug Kramer, the center, didn't practice. I don't, did they actually give clarification on that? Cause I thought no. one of the coaches said he was healthy. No, they, they did not give clarification um, on why he wasn't there. The only thing that PR gave us was that he's still on the active roster. Um, I don't, I don't know, man. I think it, I has to be like injury related, like rehab related for his injury. I can't imagine, or, or, you know, that or a personal reason. Yeah, I mean, you would think, I, I would guess it, because I mean, the thing is, is Liz Frank injuries are not easy to come back from anyway, but especially when you're a 300 plus pound defensive lineman, it's just, or offensive lineman in this case, it's just one of those things where, you know, you're, it's just, it's going to take longer to come back from the same thing with Darnell Mooney with his ankle injury. I mean, they said it sounds like he's going to be ready for training camp, but I mean, some of this stuff, especially when you get in the off season, when you're not trying to rush a guy back, 
you know, a lot of this stuff could take time. So, yeah, but I mean, again, like with the 62 players, I mean, you're talking about a few kind of prove it guys, I guess you could say. I felt like Doug Kramer was one of those guys. Had he participated, it was more of one of those like, you know, he he had the the Liz Frank injury. He was lost for the year after what was it like the first week of training camp or whatever it was. We, I don't even think we got to see him in preseason, if I remember right. So, I mean, that, that's kind of one of those like you want to get another look. And some of these other guys that were on the roster that were participating was pretty much the same thing. But as we saw, I mean, there's just the the majority of the roster turnover now is going to be guys that were signed to futures contracts back in January, and then some of these undrafted free agents. And it kind of sucks because I ended up losing. I, I I've been keeping Google Docs and Google spreadsheets of basically every off season and like you know like every move, like coaching, front office, uh, when players were signed, how much they signed for, you know, re-signs, when guys were cut and all that stuff. And for what I remember even last year, like the churn on the roster from the undrafted free agent side was pretty vast, you know? So it's like some of these guys that came in for tryouts may have not signed right away, but I'm sure they're on, you know, in a Rolodex of, of names that, you know, maybe the Bears will kind of take a little bit of time to kind of reevaluate or if injuries happen or whatever happens, um, so yeah, I, I think it's just kind of one of those things where, you know, you got to keep into context that there's 62 players out on the field. Um, a large majority of those guys, God bless them, but a large majority of those guys are not going to have much of a career, if any career in the NFL. So it's, it kind of goes back to the whole thing where, you know, when you're evaluating guys in college, like, yeah, it's, it's a good barometer, but at the same time, like they're still playing against, you know, considerably lesser competition, than they would at the NFL level. And, you know, you combine that with everything else and you're just not going to get a whole lot, you know, but uh, I'm, I'm definitely interested. I mean, so I'm assuming even Tyson Bajan or Bajan or whatever his name is, I'm, I'm assuming he didn't really do do much in your eyes as far as I quarterback. Mean, yeah, not really. I mean, neither of them, like, I mean, he was probably the better of the two overall from the two days. Um, but honestly, like neither of them, you know, I no, I'll say this, neither did enough where I think they'd bump or or, or get rid of, um, you know, Nathan Peterman or, um, you know, PJ Walker. Like, it just wasn't like, it just, you know, it was just, it is what, it, they were just training camp or, you know, type arms. They were rookie mini camp type arms. So, yeah, no, nothing really stood out or impressed me from the quarterbacks. Um, I mean, they weren't, I won't try to remember... Ooh, was it Ryan Willis? Was he the Virginia Tech kid last year um, that was out there at rookie minicamp? I remember that. I was talking to actually someone on the beat. Um, we were like, yeah, last year it was just – it was a nightmare because they just did not have a quarterback. Like, it was it was really bad. They were, like, skipping, you know, passes into the ground. It was kind of hard to judge the wide receivers. Um, you know, this year, like, it wasn't like either of those two were that bad, but neither did enough where, you know, they could, you know, take up a roster spot at, at all. I mean – Bagnet was probably the more accurate one. Um, Perry had a couple of nice throws. You know, he actually tweeted one out and then deleted it really quick because it was practice <laughs> film. <laughs> That's a big no-no. But um, yeah, neither of them really, you know, did enough for me to be like, oh yeah, this guy's definitely got a shot at like a training camp or or, or a preseason um, to unseat you know one of the other quarterbacks. Yeah, well, I know the the what is his name i because i i watched a little i didn't watch a ton of quarterbacks this year um is it is it badgen how do you say his how do you say his name i'm pretty sure it's ban ban banjit ban okay banjit 
I mean, yeah, we never really had to say it much. Uh, we, yeah. I, we just kind of referred to him as Tyson. Um, but no, I mean, like he he did look, you know, accurate at times. But then also, you know, there was some maybe, you know, inaccuracy at times as well. But I mean, it wasn't like they were out there stinking it up totally. I mean, they were just, you know. Yeah, well, he's actually on the roster. I mean, they signed him. He's actually one of their undrafted free agents. So that'll be interesting to see. I mean, here's the reality, man. If they <laughs> if we're looking at a situation again where Nathan Peterman or this guy, you know, either one of these guys are starting a game, the, the season has gone terribly wrong for the Bears. But it would be kind of nice – you know, for them to be able to maybe develop somebody in the practice squad, and maybe they still end up doing that. It'll, you know, it'll be interesting, but you know, it, it, it and that's kind of the tough thing. Cause it, it may be, maybe you feel differently, but I feel like even like with a guy like Roshan Johnson, it's like, you know, you're not really going to see a whole lot from him until he kind of gets going when the cat, the, when the pads get going. He, well, really he said that free agency. Yeah. I mean, he, he said that. Like he 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 pretty much said like you know I hate practicing with no pads out there, um because he is more of a he's he's like the type of guy that like seeks out the contact and he wants that contact you know kind of similar to what David Montgomery said when he first got here so yeah you're right I mean we're not gonna really see that like you, there were run plays and stuff but it's not like you know I mean the offensive linemen aren't in pads you know they're they're kind of just pushing each other and it's not even that like. You know, the blocking schemes are there, but it's not even like that engaging, I'll say. I mean, yeah, you know, defensive linemen are beating offensive linemen, offensive linemen are beating defensive linemen, but it's just, it's just, there's no pads. So it's kind of, it's, it's kind of tough to judge. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I mean, yeah, it's, this is kind of the tough part of the offseason where obviously they'll kind of get going a little bit here and there, but I just don't know that we're going to be able to take away a lot from it. I thought, honestly, more than anything, and obviously I wasn't at the practices, but more than anything, I thought some of what the coaches talked about and said were were interesting. And I thought one of the things that stood out to me that it didn't really seem like a lot of people caught on to, or maybe I took it a different way, was when Matt Eberflus was asked, like, you know, what's the one real big thing that you guys want to improve on in the offense? I mean, he talked about the passing game and the basically the fluidity of the passing game and how that needs to be a whole lot better. And to me, that felt more like a, I don't know if I'd say a shot, but more of a challenge to Luke Getze than it did saying anything to to Justin Fields. It almost kind of felt like, yeah, we ran the ball too much. We lacked a lot of rhythm last year. And, you know, that's something that we need to get better at. Was there anything that stood out to you in terms of what the coaches said? I mean, basically everybody talked. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that one obviously was there. Um, Eraflus on Friday mentioned the footwork with Justin Fields. Um, that was kind of interesting. And then Getsy had the quote about Fields on Saturday where it was um, you know, he he's where he's at now compared to where he was at last year at this point was is light years ahead. Um and, and you know, I think we you saw the report, I wanna say, where um man, who was it that had the report today on Tuesday? Was it Albert Breer that had um, the fields he's like healthier or something like that yeah that was yeah that was actually today yeah he put out that thing where he basically said he'd been rehabbing but he's almost 100 percent ready to go for all the offseason activities yes yeah i mean you know he was banged up last year man like i mean how many injuries did he have and and he was playing through a lot um so yeah i mean though the the light years ahead was kind of interesting the um the footwork was kind of interesting i thought Gervon Dexter, um, or Gervon Dexter, when he was talking about, he was actually asked by Nicholas Moreno, you know, what was your role at Florida? Like, what did they ask you to do? And and he was pretty much, I think, I believe he said, you know, the two gapper, 
he's got to read and react. And what that pretty much is, is like, you're not rushing the passer. You're looking at your assignment. You're reading what the quarterback's doing. You're reading what the running back's doing. If it's a run play, you're reacting. So, you know, if it, if, if it, if it is a, a run play, you're reacting to that run play and where the running back's going. If it's the pass play, you know, you're getting after the pass, but it's not like he's a natural hand in the dirt or edge rusher or anything going after the passer um, in, in college. And, you know, he went through, you know, two different regimes of Florida. I mean, there was a transition there where like Florida, you know, they, they hired Napier. He obviously stayed. So he was playing for two different, two different coaches and, he said he actually, you know, the role that Chicago's going to have him in is more, you know, get up field, get up to the quarterback and rush the quarterback and be more of a natural pass rusher if he can. And I remember specifically, you know, he, he said he loved that. That's what, that's what he wants to hear. That's what he wants to do. And, you know, I know a lot of people are questioning the pick and and I understand, but you look at him, man, I think, I think he's like six, six. He's got great size. Um, he's going to be a project guy. Like I, I know you spent a second round pick on him. And you want him to be an impact player right away. It's just not always the case. You know, if it takes a year to develop, that's not bad in my eyes, but um, yeah, him talking about that was, was interesting to me. That was probably one of the quotes that really stood out to me. Uh, there was a couple other things out there, but you know, like watching him and Zach Pickens, um, you know, Pickens was more of the three technique, where Dexter's more of the the one technique. They did obviously rotate, but it was more of Pickens as a three technique than, than Dexter at the three technique. So that was kind of interesting to me. I imagine that'll probably be the same case going through training camp and everything. They'll rotate um a little bit more. But I mean, like I said, I, I liked I told you I, I liked Pickens. I thought he got off the ball pretty quick, um, you know, seeing him. But again, no pads. So, you know, and he's also he wasn't going up against you know, um, turnout right. He was going up against a bunch of linemen who, you know, weren't drafted. So that's kind of, you have to take that into consideration as well. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, well, that's what makes the rookie, you know, rookie minicamp evaluation so tough and yeah it, it's definitely interesting because it it definitely felt like we got some cl- you know some clarity uh defensively because you know alan williams uh confirmed that you know tremaine Edmonds is going to be the mike and that um tj edwards will be the will so that's kind of good to know and it sounds like 
it sounds like to me at least that Noah Sewell and, and Jack Sanborn are going to have the, you know, the opportunity to kind of compete at Sam and rotate in and out. Cause I mean, the reality of it is, man, is like linebackers get hurt. I mean, we see it every year. We saw it with the bears. I mean, we see it with the bears a lot where, you know, guys get hurt, even if it's for like a game or two. So there's a good chance that, you know, Sanborn and or Noah Sewell are going to be guys that kind of, you know, come in and step in and in, in certain situations. And I thought what was interesting, cause I know, I think it was Alan Williams that was kind of asked, Maybe it was Matt Eberflus that was asked kind of, you know, like about his, you know, about his success and as far as like a pass rusher and stuff like that. And it, to me, because I know there's been a few people kind of wondering if maybe they were going to like convert him to edge rusher. To me, it doesn't sound like that's going to be the plan. It, it kind of sounds like and they kind of reference it too. like if you go back and you look at, you know, what he did in 2021 versus what he did last year. I mean, you're talking about a first round, you know, a late first round, early second round player versus where he went in the fifth round this year. So I think there's definitely a ceiling there. And I also thought it was interesting that Chris Morgan finally, I think, I think it was Chris Morgan or was it Luke Getze? One of the two confirmed that Tevin Jenkins is going to be uh, at left guard this year, which, you know, it, yeah, it was, it was those... uh, Chris Morgan. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's one of those things where, you know, I get some people are frustrated and they feel like Tevin Jenkins is getting the short end of the stick, but at the same time, like they talked about, like Tevin Jenkins has played all over the offensive line. I mean, even going back to Oklahoma State, like, you know, he's played right tackle, left tackle. I mean, the, the Bears originally drafted him thinking he was going to be their left tackle. And then they, you know, obviously he got hurt and he didn't play a whole lot. And then the next year they slid him in and, you know, he's basically had him compete at both tackle spots and ended up sliding him into right guard. So it's like ultimately what it comes down to is, is Nate Davis has been a right guard for basically his entire college career and his entire NFL career. So I, I think when you go out and you spend $10 million a year on a guy like that, you want to put him in the best position to succeed. And I think the other thing to keep in mind with this is for as much as I like Tevin Jenkins, Tevin Jenkins has got to prove that he can stay healthy, man. I mean, that's been an issue his first two years in the league consistently where, yeah, I mean, it would be nice to, you know, it'd be nice to to see him start all 17 games and, and put up a Pro Bowl type year. And I think he absolutely has that ceiling, but he's got to prove it first. So, you know, and then just kind of going through and, you know, it sounds like because uh, I Chris Morgan had also mentioned too, you know, talking about the center battle with Lucas Patrick and, and Cody Whitehair. And he also said, you know, we have, uh, you know, we have Doug Kramer and, and Dieter Island on the roster as well. And I, I I don't know, man. Iceland's got a kind of one of those guys that it just seems like he hangs he hangs around year after year after year, and there's just no real path for you know like legitimate playing time. But I think Kramer's an interesting guy. It's funny, I actually have a I have a buddy that uh, he covers uh, Iowa athletics, and you know he's he's always you know obviously he watches you know Iowa and Iowa State quite a bit because he covers both teams. But he's always been one of those guys that he. Mike said he latches on to certain prospects, especially in the draft. And I remember he latched on last year to Doug Kramer and he kept telling me, he's like, dude, I'm telling you right now, you give this guy a year or two and he's going to be a really good center. And obviously we'll have to see what happens with the Liz Frank injury, but, but he's still swearing up and down. Like he talked about his athletic profile at uh, Illinois and you know, it's, it, it, it could be interesting because I feel like at least to me, when you look at those three guys, you know, obviously I would, I think it would take a huge training camp from, uh, you know, from Doug Kramer and being healthy, obviously, too, for him to come out and, and win the starting job. But it's also one of those things where, you know, I, I think that all three of those guys have a spot on the roster, because I think when you look at it, Cody Whitehair has got guard center versatility. The same thing with Lucas Patrick. The Bears need veteran depth. 
Um, so I think the offensive line is definitely taking shape. I mean, frankly, I don't know that it can be much more than Sam Mustafer has been over the last two years. So I think by proxy, there's probably a little bit of an upgrade there. But it was just kind of interesting to listen to the coaches kind of, you know, detail their plans for what they're looking to do. And, you know, the running back room with Luke Getze basically said it's it's far from a complete picture at this point. And it sounds like Roshan Johnson is going to get every opportunity in the world to see snaps, not only just offensively, but also, you know, as a special teamer and stuff like that. So I think, again, man, it, it's hard to draw a lot of, you know, a lot of clear lines at this point in time. But I do think, you know, kind of getting an eye on these guys and seeing them and and, and just kind of hearing, because this is the most that we'll hear from coaches until we get to training camp, kind of hearing from the coaches what their plans are, because this is a this is a very new roster. I mean, there's a there's again, I mean, the, the turnover the last two years has been substantial. So I think when you're kind of looking around and seeing, you know, what can they do and, and everything else, I think that there's just a lot of questions that need to be answered. Um, but I, I would definitely say that there's a lot more young talent and more exciting talent on, you know, on the team this year than there was last year. That's for sure. Yeah. And, and you know, that's obviously that's going to happen with, you know, the rebuild. There's, they're going to develop hopefully develop talent um, and things like that. But yeah, you know, w- with the offensive line, um, it, it's interesting. Cause like you said, I think a lot of people think, Oh, they're going to post June 1st or they're going to cut, you know, Lucas Patrick or Cody Whitehair, save some cap space. I don't think that's the case. Like, Cause I think you bring up a good point. You know, both of them have versatility, you know, both of them are veterans. Um, both have, you know, experience at garden center, although it's limited, for Patrick here and there and, and things like that. But, you know, <clears throat> look at this offensive line. You got Braxton Jones. You have Tevin Jenkins, Whitehair Patrick, um, Nate Davis, and then you have Darnell Wright. That's six offensive line right there. Probably keep Kramer. That's seven. You go um, Larry Borum. That's eight. Um, you know, do they keep Deer Iceland? Do they, you know, what do they do? Do they find someone else? Um Jatire Carter is another Jatire, name yeah. as well. Jatire Carter is another name. Um, so that's nine right there. They have a bunch of other guys. Alex um, Leatherwood, which I don't know, man. After seeing him last year, I I think yeah. that was just – I think that's a lost cause at this point. Yeah. Um, was it Arizona State kid? Um, was it Kellen – Oh, Keith? Kellen Dyche. Yeah. Dyche, yeah. Who, man, some people – didn't some people have him as like a day two pick? Yeah, he was point? he was definitely at least a mid round pick. Yeah, you know? I, we didn't hear a thing about him last year, and obviously it's a you know the practice squad or whatever. He was out there, right? He was yeah, at, he, he was, was at minicamp. Yep, he was out there at minicamp. So I mean, right there, that's what eleven guys. They probably keep what eight or nine. Correct me if I'm wrong. You know, I guess nine. They they nine. kept nine last year, so nine seems about right. And then you know if you if, you know uh, Dieter maybe goes someone goes to the practice squad that doesn't get kept. You know what I mean? Like obviously, you know, the, Alex Leatherwood's not going to practice squad or anything like that. Um, yeah, I mean they have some decisions to make, but you know, I, I think we probably sit here right now, it's May 9th. Like your starting offensive line is probably gonna be Braxton Jones, Tevin Jenkins, I'd imagine Cody Whitehair barring an injury, Nate Davis and Darnell Wright. Um obviously, you know, could change with injuries, could change with other things. I mentioned that's going to be your five, and then it's just probably the depth after that. But, yeah, it was kind of just refreshing to hear from Chris Morgan, especially talking about Tevin Jenkins and saying all the work he's put in. And he was asked about Braxton Jones, too, and, you know, getting stronger. So, Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. 
That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. We'll see. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's it was tough to judge the on play field. You know, if I if I had to, I, I like I said, I'd go with the defense backs. Um, even Kendall Williamson had a nice interception out there. I'm excited for these DBs, man. I I, I think I said it last podcast. I was talking to someone about it. Like watching these DBs against these wide receivers in training camp is going to be must see. Like that's going to be the battle every single day. Like that's going to be one you're going to want your eyes glued to. Um, especially those one-on-ones because like those one-on-ones, I mean, fans to go out there, they know like it, it's the quarterback, um, it's the wide receiver tight end, and then it's the DB. So it's, it's one-on-one essentially out there. And those are always the ones you see from the fans on the clips where they make great catches and things like that. Those are always my, some of my favorite drills. And then in the trenches too, are, are is going to be fun as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be an interesting, you know, next couple weeks leading into, OTAs into June and then we'll have a couple of weeks off before uh training camp and then, and then it really kind of starts to pick up. Well, and speaking of the trenches, I mean, you know, there's obviously a lot of this roster that's yet to be determined, but I, and I think we kind of talked about this last week, but I would still, I would still put a decent amount of money on the fact that at some point in time, the bears are going to go out and sign an edge rusher. I mean, at this point in time, I mean, the market's sitting right there. And I think that's kind of the nice thing where, you know, the, the bears are sitting in a position where they still have the most cap space in the league. And there's still some good names out there. I mean, we talked about them last week, Yannick and I think makes a ton of sense. I mean, yeah, he's kind of a pass rusher only. That's fine. They need a pass rusher. They don't, I mean, a lot of their guys are bigger bodies anyway, that are probably better against the run. Uh, Jadavion Clowney's out there. Leonard Floyd is a favorite of mine. Personally. I, I know a lot of people don't think he fits. I do. Um, you know, Frank Clark's out there, Melvin Ingram, like there's, there are, you know, guys that maybe aren't long-term, although it's crazy because Yannick Ngakwe is only still like, I want to say he's like 28 or 29. Like he's one of those guys that, you know, he's bounced around a lot. And, uh, you know, obviously there's a reason for that, but he's still somebody that you could sign for, you know, a one-year deal. And if you like his fit in the defense, and it's like you could probably extend him reasonably for, you know, two or three years on top of that. But I think that that's probably the next move that they're going to make. And, you know, I, I think... I don't want to interrupt. I don't want to. I'm sorry. I'm going to interrupt you. But like on that topic, if he's one of those guys bounced around, do you remember he played? What was it? He played like six games, five games in Minnesota in that COVID year. Yeah. Yeah. I that actually was, forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, like when you said that, it like came right to me. I'm like, dude, he played like six, seven, eight games with Minnesota. That was yeah, wild. He, yeah. Well, they, they went out. I, I want to say they. I think they traded for him. They did, yeah. And then yeah, they, they traded. I think they traded like a first round pick for him, and then they turned yes. around and traded him like halfway through the season. Yeah, uh, where'd he go? So he played I, with Las Vegas like, two years ago. Yeah, I think he Las- got traded to the Colts. Colts, yeah. Well, no, because he played. 
Wait, so he played with Colts last year, right? Yeah, he I thought he with the Raiders before that. Yeah, he well, he was with the Raiders this last year. I oh, thought. okay. So then, yeah. yeah okay. I don't know, man. It's it's yeah. hard. That's what I'm saying. He's got <laughs> he's been on so many damn different teams. That just proves crazy. our point. Yeah, because if you go and you look at his numbers, I mean, he's like eight, nine, ten, you know, eleven sacks a, a year, every single freaking year. So it's like, and I get it. You know, like he's probably not the most ideal, whatever. But it's like at this point in time, the Bears need a, a pass rush. And I don't know, man. Maybe, maybe I'm drinking the offseason Kool Aid a little bit. <clears throat> maybe I'm overestimating just how you know, just how big these changes are going to be. Because I mean, again, the Bears roster is completely different than it was last year. But this feels like a situation where you know, you look at the NFC North right now, and you look at what happened with Jordan Love, and in, in terms of like they basically you know, without doing it, they declined his fifth year option. And they, then they signed him to this extension where it's a little bit more money this year. And then he's got a little, you know, chance to earn, you know, a decent amount next year. And it's basically like a, Hey, we don't really want to commit to you, but we also don't want you just to be able to walk away in free agency or us have to tag you next year. If you have a big year, Um, you know, but it's like, you start looking around and it's like Minnesota's due for some serious regression. I mean, historically speaking, what they did last year was absolutely unheard of with as many close games as they were in. So then obviously Detroit as well, but, uh, you know, Detroit's entire season, in my opinion, hinges on Jared Goff having the type of season that he had again, you know, this past year. So it's like, when you look at the improvements that the bears have made and the bears still have holes and we knew that it's like, yeah, they had a ton of resources with money and, 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 you know, in terms of cap space and, and, and draft picks, but you know, it was never going to be a one off season fix. They're still in really good shape for next year, but it feels like if the bears, if they have some of these one year deals and some of these free agent moves actually pan out this year, it feels like they could very easily go from like a, you know, a, you know, projected six or seven win team to ended up being, you know, nine or, you know, nine, maybe 10 wins and maybe winning the division or getting into the wild card. You know, it's, it's one of those things where you obviously don't want to go out and go for broke. You don't want to go out and trade multiple first round picks for an edge rusher. If one became available or whatever, you get my point. But at the same time, I feel like with a free agent market, with what it is right now and the fact that not many teams have a lot of money, like there's just not a lot of money. And yes, I know you can sign a guy to a one-year deal and put, you know, three or four void years on it and lower the cap hit. A lot of teams are doing that. I get that, but the bears are in an advantageous spot. And I think more than anything, I, I think the reason that things are drug out is because they're waiting for somebody to essentially meet the price that they're willing to pay at this point. And with so many options, you know, obviously if a few of these guys sign, then maybe we'll see something happen, but I feel like the Bears are in a good spot where you're not going to fix the edge rusher long term this year. I mean, unless Dominique Robinson turns into a you know 13 sack a year guy out of nowhere, which doesn't seem likely, or you know Travis Gibson does, you're not going to go out and magically fix edge rusher. But I do think that you could patch it and you could hope for the development on the interior with uh, Jervon Dexter and Zach Pickens and and Billings and you know Justin Jones is still relatively young. Like if you get like two of those guys that are, you know, solid players moving into next year, you can do more damage. And it's like the Bears, the Bears are not, you know, very likely not going to win a Super Bowl this year. But I also feel like they're another smart two, you know, smart move or two away, plus what they've already done working out away from at least being in the playoff conversation, even if they're in that graphic and the, you know, the far right corner, um, you know, in the hunt or whatever. It feels like this is one of those seasons where because the NFC the NFC North is bad. And I feel like the NFC as a whole is not very good. If Justin Fields ends up being, you know, a top 
three to five quarterback in the NFC. I mean, there's no reason that the Bears can't be competing for a playoff spot come December. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. It's, it's The division's so bad. I mean, even the conference, like... Which quarterback are you really scared of? And in this conference besides Jalen Hurts, you know, maybe Dak Prescott if he if if he figures it out and is consistent. So yeah, there's there's an opening. Um, you know, it's also like I wouldn't panic if the Bears don't make the playoffs this year or not in the hunt. Like it's it's this is a long rebuild still. I, I think realistically you're looking at a couple more years for a legit Super Bowl window, maybe two two, three seasons, but they should be fun again this year. And that, again, I'll rely, you know, I'll rest on the shoulders of Justin Fields as well. So we'll just kind of have to see. Um, do you have anything else to add, Aaron, before we kind of wrap things up? No, I think that's pretty much it, man. I mean, there's just, it's, you know, we got a little bit of a lull and then we'll have the OTAs and mini camp and then a little bit of a break before training camp. I mean, we're, when you really think about it, we're really not that far off when football started back up. It's going to be, what, yep. about, you know, about two and a half months and it's going to be training camp. Yeah, and then all the fun begins. <laughs> a lot more coverage, so that'll be nice. Uh, Aaron, where can everyone follow you on Twitter at? Yep, you can find me at Aaron Lemming NFL, and you can read my work on thebearreport.com. Awesome. You can follow the Bear Report on Twitter. It's just Bear Report. You can follow me on Twitter at, at Zach, Z-A-C-K underscore Pearson. Please rate, review, subscribe on all major podcasting platforms. Helps us and picks for polls. Check out our website for complete coverage on the Bears this offseason. Until next time, everyone, please stay safe. Please stay healthy. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.